Hey y'all, what's up? It's your girl Stephanie Warrington here with the Back to Life, Back to Reality podcast where we are bringing people back to the reality that life comes through Jesus Christ. And y'all, I am ready to get down with the get down with this topic, all right? I think this is such an important topic uh, that we talk about, that we discuss, and that we just go dive right in. And it's actually funny because originally I was going to have episode six be a different topic, but then I saw this post on Instagram by Marcus Rogers and I was just like wow like we have to talk about this so I really just wanted to read this to you guys real quick it says all Christians ain't built the same you got Christians who don't follow the Bible you got Christians who don't know the Bible you got Christians who never read the Bible You got Christians who use the Bible for fame and fortune. You got Christians who add their personal translations to the text. You got Christians who only go to church on Easter and Christmas. You got Christians who don't believe in being filled with the Holy Spirit. You got Christians who don't believe on baptism. You got prejudiced Christians. You got Christians who still act like the world and are not trying to change. You got Christians who really love the Lord. You got Christians who have the faith to move mountains. You got Christians who study. You got Christians who are faithful. With all these different kinds of Christians in America, it creates confusion. The weak ones say the strong ones are extra. The non-prophetic ones say the prophetic ones are making it up. The ones who don't hear from God say those who do are lying and so on and so forth. You have some that will look down on the other group. God isn't looking for Christians. He is looking for believers and those who live out his word. He is looking for those who worship in spirit and truth. Seek God for yourself and ask him to show you what he requires. This world will give you all kinds of false information and doctrine. And I really loved this post that he made because a it's very true and b it kind of reminds me of why i'm making this podcast because there's all types of false doctrine there's all there's all types of false um ways that people view and understand what christianity is what the christian faith means god christ and jesus and this is why we have the back to life back to reality podcast so we can kind of dig deeper and and touch base on those specific topics and also this uh post also reminded me of the first video that i ever did on my youtube channel and it's called christ versus religion and basically i talk about you know how christ is different from other religions because you know, being followers of Christ is supposed to be a relationship. It's supposed to be intimate. It's supposed to be a two-way street where uh, other religions are more about um, other things other than a relationship. It's more about, you know, control. It's more about, you know, not really hearing from God, but or gods or whatever other people believe um and just more of a what people have to do to please a god whereas christ is more of a relationship you know you're going to hear from god god is always with you god is god has his hand in your life and is is making moves and 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 things in your life so i just really wanted to talk about this and today we're going to talk about are you legit and basically what that title means like what is a christian we're gonna talk about what a christian represents what we believe in and the criteria to be one because like i said there's so many different viewpoints of what a christian is or what christians look like 
um, especially in America and and also, you know, first world countries, that it's kind of confusing. It's confusing to the non-believer and it's also confusing within people inside the church. So we want to make sure that people aren't confused because being confused can lead to deception. You know, people are claiming that they they are Christian, you know, just because they went to church growing up, just because they went to Bible study, you know, in Bible school when they were younger. And, you know, they grew up in a quote unquote Christian faith. But that's not really what it means to be a Christian. And I want to go into depth because if we're confused and we're in, in deception, then that leads to no salvation. And no salvation leads to no intimate relationship with God. And then if we have no intimate relationship with God through Jesus Christ, then that leads to eternal separation from God. And again, we want to make sure that people aren't separated from God for eternity. We want to make sure people know the Lord, people are in good graces with the Lord and are striving to walk in God's purpose and God's will. Um, but yeah, guys, a lot of people, unfortunately, they, like I said, they claim to know God and, you know, a lot of people, honestly, people want Christian benefits, but they don't want Christ. People want the things that come with being a follower of Christ or a believer or a Christian, but they don't want to, to do, uh, you know, believe in the core beliefs and, you know, follow the the guidelines and and things of that nature the requirements and the standards that god has in place for us in order to receive those things people want blessings people want love people want grace people want mercy people want to go to heaven these are all things that you get and you benefit from only when you follow christ only when you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior to receive an intimate relationship with God. So I just want to just really do this topic so people aren't out here claiming they're a Christian, confusing themselves and confusing those who are not in the faith, you know, potentially, you know, jeopardizing, um, you know, their, their eternal status um, with God. So in Matthew 15, 8, it actually talks about this. It says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And basically what that scripture is saying is that a lot of people are, are professing the Christian faith. A lot of people are professing, you know, to follow Christ and, you know, they, they know God and, you know, they're going to heaven and all those other things. But in deep down inside, you know, their hearts are not for God. Their hearts are not for Christ. Their hearts are not wanting to live according to the word of God. And if your heart's not in it, which you will be judged on because God not just looks at what you do and, and the things that you do physically, but he's also looking at your heart. Um, he, um, you know, we want to make sure that... Um, that our hearts are with God because when when our hearts are far from God God sees that and he's and he knows that you're not really for him that you're against him and then you're just kind of playing on an act hoping that you're going to get those benefits from him so we want to make sure that our hearts are for God and not just the, the things that we say you know just professing and claiming so again today what we're going to talk about um, we're going to talk about what does it mean to be a Christian? You know, what exactly is a Christian? Um, we're going to talk about what are the core beliefs of the Christian faith? The things that, you know, we follow and that, that, that separates us from other beliefs 
and other religions and, and practices and things like that? And also, what are the requirements and the standards to be one? Again, that's important. There, there's, you know, God has a standard. So that means his people has a standard. You know, we are called to be separate from the world, called to be separate from everyone else. So there has to be a criteria. There has to be a standard in order to look like that and to be like that. So there are requirements and standards that you have to follow and you have to do along with your core beliefs um, to be an actual Christian or I like to call believer or follower of Jesus Christ. So what is a Christian? What is a Christian so we don't have all these assumptions of what a Christian is? Um, And if we want to give like a more dictionary definition, um, I would consider a Christian a person who follows and emulates the teachings of Jesus Christ, has a specific set of beliefs, standards, and requirements that revolve around Jesus, God, and the Word of God, which is the Bible. Um, So again, if you're looking for a more generic dictionary definition of what a believer is, I mean, what a Christian is, I would say that that is it. You know, literally someone who follows and emulates the teachings of Jesus Christ um, and all and, you know, has the core beliefs and also meets the requirements and the standards. But I feel like it's kind in today's society, especially in America, I think there's even a difference between the dictionary definition of what a Christian is and what the biblical definition of a Christian is. Um, to me, I feel like Christian in, in today's context in society is more of a religious view and less of a relational view, less of a biblical view. I feel like um, when people hear the word Christian, it really, they, they associate it with a religion. They associate it with a certain doctrine, with a certain look. You know, a lot of people think of the Catholic church or the Baptist church. You know, some people even think the Mormon church um, and, 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 and Jehovah's Witness. Like, there's certain aspects that are humanized and that are man-made that people really associate with the term Christian. And it's actually funny because the, the, the word Christian is actually only in the Bible three times. So I feel like that's kind of an indi- indication saying that, you know, that's not really how God wants to identify us as it, not a religion, but a relationship. So you'll hear people who really consider themselves, um, you know, true Christians, you know, people who truly want to follow and emulate the teachings of Jesus Christ. You'll hear people call themselves believer or follower of Christ. You know, I consider myself to be a believer and a follower of Christ. And this is more of a biblical definition of what a Christian is. And we can go to Romans 10, 9. And it says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So that core, that core word, believe as a believer, we believe that Jesus is Lord. You know, we believe that in our hearts that Jesus is Lord. Jesus died for us on their sins and all the other core beliefs that we believe, you know, that's that, that 
like that idea and that that revelation is in our hearts and we believe that and we carry that out and that's why we spread the word of God and the gospel to other people because we believe that it says you will be saved from just from believing that that Jesus is Lord and that's that that's so beautiful so the term believer is is a biblical explanation of what a a Christian is also follower of Christ we can go to Luke 25 to 27 and it says large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them he said if anyone comes to me and and does not hate father and mother wife and children brother and sisters yes even their own life such a person cannot be my disciple and whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple so basically what the scripture is saying that in order to be a true follower of christ we have to we have to love jesus more than anything we have to want to emulate and follow the teachings of jesus christ more than anything before our family before our before our own life we should be able to to say Jesus comes first God comes first when it comes to our family and in order to be a true follower of Christ to be a true disciple in order to live out uh, your 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 godly purpose and God's will you have to want to put God first seek ye the kingdom of heaven first and his righteousness and all things will be added to you so again these two um these two uh terms are what I would consider more of a biblical definition of what a Christian is, you know, that that really emulates the the relational aspect that we can have with our heavenly Father through Jesus Christ. Um, so yeah. So when you when you when you are whether you're in the church or um, you know, a non-believer, if you hear someone saying that they are a believer or a follower of Christ, that usually means that they take their relationship with God very seriously. They're on a path where they are seeking the Lord full-heartedly before anything um, that this world can offer. Um, so if you are just confessing that you're a Christian, I don't want to discourage you. I want to encourage you to really, after you hear this episode to really say, okay, you know, am I really, am I really being a believer? Am I really being a follower of Christ or, or am I just being a Christian by association because I grew up in the Christian faith or I used to go to church or I go to church on Easter or I read my Bible every now and then, you know, when I'm in trouble and pray to God when I'm in trouble. I really want to encourage you and challenge you to take your walk more seriously and become a believer and a follower of Christ. So what are the core beliefs of a follower of Christ or a believer? And I think this is very important. The next two topics that I talk about um, are very important. And this is actually something that I just previously learned when I first started um, learning about the Word of God and really seeking God for myself through Jesus Christ, that there's this process called justification and sanctification. And I believe that justification and sanctification align with the Christian beliefs and also the requirements and the standards of uh, the Christian faith. So your justification is 
basically your core beliefs the things that make you saved you know what what you carry in your heart what identifies you as a believer as a follower of jesus christ justification gives you your your salvation your sanctification is the process in which you go through throughout the rest of your life to maintain your salvation to maintain your faith to maintain in god's to maintain your walk in god's will so equally are important but the thing that we have to remember is that you can't you can't be saved through sanctification because sanctification is more of a works-based approach whereas justification is more of a faith-based approach that gives you salvation and that's another reason why the christian faith is supposed to be different from other religions because other religions really focus on the sanctification part the works part how you can work your way into heaven how you can work your way into god's good graces instead of have instead of focusing on the core beliefs and the faith aspect that is going to give you salvation and it says in ephesians 2 8 through 9 for it is by grace you have been saved though faith through faith and this is not yet yourselves it is the gift of god not by works so that no one can boast so again your justification your core beliefs is what makes you saved is the gift of god the free gift of salvation you cannot use your sanctification process to save you it just won't work so Let's go into detail. What are the core beliefs of being a follower of Christ and a believer? The first one is the Holy Trinity. If you are going to a church that denies the Holy Trinity, I advise you to run very quickly because you can't have the justification process and the sanctification process without the Holy Trinity. There is our our Heavenly Father who is God. We are separated from Him because of sin. You know, God is holy, righteousness, just, and, and, and all around perfect. So he can't have anything to do with anything less than that. So that's why we're separated from God through our sin. So he manifested himself um, in human form, which is the son, Jesus Christ, so that he can allow us to have a salvation. So he can be the, the, the bridge between the gap between us and God. So you have the the Father, the Son, and then the Holy Spirit. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God kind of gives a piece of him to you, you know, to help you, to help guide you and help to stay on track, to help with your sanctification process throughout your lifetime. So you need the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to really go through your justification and sanctification process to really have that intimate relationship with God. So the Holy Trinity is a must. It's a core belief. We also believe that there is one true God. There's there's Yahweh. He is the one true God. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He is the creator of all things. He sits outside of time. He is omnipresent. He created the earth in seven days. He his his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, and his ways are better than our ways so he is the one true god we don't believe in multiple gods we believe in the one true god which is yahweh 
the next belief is that Jesus was manifested in human form. And the, the, the great thing about this process with Jesus is that the whole point of Jesus was so that we can have a historical account of perfection, of a godly standard. We have written down we have a written down account of a godly standard and godly requirements that we need to aim to to emulate and to follow so that way we can rebuild our relationship with God again. So God manifested um, his son to a human form so that we can have an example of how to live and how we should live our lives, live out our lives. The next point the next belief that we believe in is that he died on the cross for our sins you know the reason why jesus came in heavenly form to um show us um how to live was also to die for our sins so that way we can be reunited with god again when we are striving to live like God and live in God's will, that's pleasing to God. So that means he, and, and because Christ bore on our sins and took our sins away from us. So when we believe, now Jesus has taken the place of our, of, of our condemnation because all of us are worthy of going to hell. But when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, he kind of exchanges the price of hell so that way we can be sanctified and, and live righteously and holy to our ability because we are human, we will fall short. So that way we can have that intimacy with God. So that way we can have the Holy Spirit so we can have that connection with our Heavenly Father. We also believe that he rose on the third day. So not only was he manifested and came as human form, not only did he take the the price of hell from us for those who will believe in him, but he rose on the third day. He is the only um he is the only quote unquote religious figure that was able to get up, walk out of his own grave and return to his heavenly form. So now Christ sits on the throne next to God in his heavenly form. He is not a human form, but a heavenly form. And then we also believe that he will come back and collect his church. You know, the first time that Jesus came, he came to serve. He came to teach. He came to love. He came to be an example. But the second time, he's going to come in his heavenly form. And he's coming to reign, to rule, and condemn, and to judge. And he's going to bring his church. He's going to bring the believers and the followers. And we will be reunited with our heavenly father while the rest will be left behind to go through the rapture and that can be found all throughout the book of revelations i'm not going to go much into detail we also believe that you must repent of your sins again like we said um in 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 matthew 5 18 our hearts our hearts have to be for the lord so that means we need to repent we need to have godly sorrow we need to turn away our hearts and our minds from things that are not of god things that are not of christ things that are displeasing to god um and which is sin and temptation so we want to make sure we are we are away from those things and we are turning away from those things you must repent of your sins repentance is is important and it is also part of the salvation process 
the 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 justification process it's a very key uh component in the justification process the bible is the final and only truth and I'm not going to go too much into depth, but I feel like we need to understand in society, it doesn't make sense to say that every religious text is the truth because there's only one valid truth. There's only one standard, like the the highest standard, you know, there, there's only one truth. Like if you, if you think about it, like it, it, it's either a lie or a truth. So not everything can be the truth. There's only one truth. That's just that's just the natural law of things that there can't be multiple truths it's either yes or no a lie or the truth so god's the bible is god breathed you know in the beginning the word was god so god's truth god's sovereignty god's love god's grace and god's commands are found all throughout the bible the standard the absolute standard that everyone should be emulating is found in the bible because it's god breathed the next point is that we believe in heaven and hell we believe that when we pass there is an afterlife when we die we will be judged according to a our works and our hearts and if we know christ if you know christ if you believe that jesus christ took um took your sins away and and pay the price so that you don't have to go to hell then you and you go through your justification process and sanctification process then you will be reunited with your heavenly father for eternity which is in heaven but if you do if you deny god's free gift of salvation if you deny christ taking on your place in hell if you continue to live in a life of sin and are rebellious against god's law and god's will for your life you will go to hell you will be separated from god for eternity and last and not least the most important core belief which kind of wraps up everything that i just said is that by faith we are saved the way that you start your justification the way that you lock and load your 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 salvation is believing basically the rest of the core beliefs that you know god is the one true god that there's the holy trinity that god um manifested jesus christ he died on the cross for our sins he rose um he's gonna collect his church he's he's the only way uh, he oh sorry guys i did not say this one also he is the only way to the father he is the only bridge the only gap between mankind and in and, and god to to reconnect us to have that intimacy with god jesus is the only way but yes by faith we are saved that that core belief pretty much sums up the rest of the core beliefs all the core beliefs fall under that we are that we are saved by faith so now we'll talk about the requirements and the standards of being a believer, being a follower of Christ. Again, our core beliefs are our justification, 
process while our standards and our requirements are the sanctification processes that we go through once we accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior to, to do throughout the rest of our life until we leave this earth. And we can go to Romans 12, 2, and it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So again, your requirements and your standards are your rules, your regulations, you know, the things that God has in place for you to help keep your heart towards him you know to help you have a mindset that is for God to help you repent to help you stay away from the the schemes of the enemy and and things of the flesh and things of this world we want to make sure that we have the mindset of Christ and the mindset of God and in the heart change of of Christ and the heart change of God and 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 live out those things and practice and do the things that are going to help us through the rest of our lives. So the first thing is follow God's commandments. All throughout the Bible, God gives us standards, regulations, requirements, command commandments to help us navigate life, to help us in every in every single situation that we go through. I'm telling you guys, if you are stuck on on a, on a question like I don't know what to do, I don't know how to handle this, I don't know how to go about something, go to the Bible. I mean, yeah, go to the Bible. Literally, if you never read the Bible or you're just getting into it, or even if you've been in it for a long time and you just don't know, you can literally go on Google and say, you know, scriptures on and, and ask your question or your statement. And there will be plenty of scriptures that are going to feed you knowledge and wisdom and that are going to motivate you and, and encourage you to do things God's way get baptized guys you know baptism is so great i love sharing my baptism video i'm so excited about my baptism video um and 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 my baptism experience like i'm just so ecstatic like i i I love sharing my baptism story and all those other things but get baptized get water baptism water baptism is very important jesus got water baptism so you should be getting water baptism if you believe that jesus is lord and jesus is uh your savior um it's a way to profess that you are dying to your flesh that you are dying to your old self that you're ready to pick up your cross daily and die to your flesh and be one with christ to raise back up into a new creature the bible talks about in christ we are a new creature we are washed uh our our sins are washed away so so get baptized guys it's a great experience attend church also known as dwell with other believers i think there is such a big misconception about going to church and i also did a, a video on um my youtube channel about the importance of going to church and i might do a podcast episode on it but going to church guys it is very important the bible commands us to dwell with other believers the bible tells that there is wisdom and that there is safety and knowledge with when you dwell in wisdom and in in other believers the 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 bible talks about how we should be sharpened like iron how you know we need to dwell so that we can be teach be taught and edified and and grow in our spiritual walk you cannot 
do your relationship with God alone. Your relationship with God is your own, but you need other people because we are the body of Christ. We are one organism. When one part of the body is missing, the whole body is is suffering. When when you're not a part of the body, then you're suffering. So please, if you are one of those people, well, I don't want to have to go to church to to have a relationship with God. No, technically you don't, but your relationship will grow, it will flourish, and it will deepen, and you'll be more intimate with your heavenly Father. Go to church. Find a good church. You got, you do have to be careful because some churches are not for God. You know, some churches are not biblically based. Some quote unquote churches aren't even Christian or, you know, follow uh, biblical uh, biblical beliefs, you know, and I'm not even going to get into that. But go to a Bible based church and get plugged in. We need to spread the gospel. We are called to spread the gospel. We are called to make fisher be fishers of men. We are called to spread the word of God, build God's kingdom here on earth so that people can hear the good news of salvation and not be in the hands of the enemy being eternally separated from God. Pray, guys. Pray. Praying is so important. Praying is so amazing because it allows you to talk to God. It allows you to have that intimacy, that relationship. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're going to start hearing from God. You're going to start being able to feel God's presence and see God moving in your life because now you have that intimacy with him. Now you have that connection with him that you didn't have before because your sin was blocking you from him pray God wants to hear from you God wants you to cast your fears onto him because he cares for you pray acknowledge him in all your ways invite him into your life through prayer read the word of God guys though the word of God is like a double-edged sword it is there to transform you it is there to cut away and prune at you and build you and develop you and help you become closer to God you need to read your Bible. You need to know what God's talking. That the, the easiest way to hear from God is reading the Bible. When you read, God is going to speak to you through scripture. You know, God doesn't necessarily have to just talk to you audibly. You can hear that. God doesn't just have to tell you through signs, you know, but God's word is the best way to hear from God. The clearest way to hear from God. We're called to help those less fortunate. You know, less fortunate guys doesn't always mean just the the needy and the poor and the sick. The the less fortunate could be people who are just spiritually broken, people who don't know Christ, people who are walking around aimlessly lost and confused with life. You know, there are people who are less fortunate in those manners in that aspect as well so we want to make sure that we're reaching out to people that we're loving on people and growing people in their own faith and just encouraging people to seek christ easy one follow the core beliefs the core beliefs are there for a reason you know that's something that we need to implement in our heart so that way we have salvation and we are maintaining our salvation and maintaining our faith and last but not least pursue godly purpose we want to pursue godly purpose. We don't want to pursue worldly purpose. We don't want worldly goals. You know, we don't want things of this world. We are in this world, but we are not to be of this world. We want to pursue godly purpose. We want to walk in God's will. The Bible says, pray, um, 
God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God's will, guys, not our way, not our parents' way, not our spouse's way, not our job's way, society's way, not those ways, but God's way. And I just want to make sure that people understand, guys, again, the sanctification process, the requires and the requirements and the standards are not things that get you saved. These are more work-based um work-based attributes work-based requirements so again the bible talks about that we're not saved through works we're saved through faith you know we're saved we're saved through repentance we're saved through believing so again if you're like oh well yeah i got baptized and yeah i attend church every now and then and yeah i pray and read my bible every now and then but in your heart you don't believe that jesus is lord in your heart you're not putting god first in your heart you know your heart is still in the world and you're in 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 fleshly things and not in in god's will for your life then you're not having true true salvation and you want to you want to reevaluate that and make sure that you have true salvation and um you know you're in god's good graces you know we want people to go to heaven we want people to have that intimacy with god so again guys it is important to know what it really means to be a true christian or a true follower of christ or believer Um, a Christian at heart, not just professing it. Because again, a lot of people are thinking they're cool. A lot of people think, yo, like God knows, you know, God knows my heart. God knows this about me. Yeah. He knows your heart and he knows that your heart is not for him. He knows your tongue is for him. You know, he knows you want those Christian benefits, those believer benefits, those follower of Christ benefits, but he knows that your heart's not for him. He knows your heart is not seeking after him and putting him first and making him your number one priority. So we got to make sure that our hearts are there, guys, and not just professing with our mouth. This is the enemy has society blur the lines of what a true Christian is to deceive people into thinking they are saved. And guys, that is very important. Again, to think you're saved and to know you're saved is very different because you don't want to think you're saved and die and God's reading you your judgment and he says depart from me I never knew you so you want to know you want to know I have salvation I know I am justified and I know I'm going to live out my sanctification process okay that is so important do not think you're saved do not guess that you're saved don't you know assume you're saved know if you are saved If you are not sure that you're saved and you are a believer, start going through the justification and sanctification process. Really look at the core beliefs. Really look at the requirements and the standards and say, am I ready to do this? Am I ready to put this first? Am I ready to take action into into what I believe in and and what I'm I'm professing that I am? And if you're a non-believer, I want to encourage you to really look at these core beliefs and really look at the requirements and standards and compare them to what you believe and say, you know, which one is really going to make sure that I am going to be, you know, good in my afterlife? You know, you know, does does what I believe in give me relationship? Does my uh, belief system give me intimacy? You know, does my uh, belief, you know, give me salvation, give me a 100 percent solid? Yes, I'm going 
to live in paradise. I'm going to live with my creator for eternity. You know, is my belief system going against God's will? Is it sinful? You know, you know, is my belief system contradicting? Start thinking about those things. Start looking at those things and really asking God to really reveal himself to you because he will. There's plenty of, of, um, testimonies online of people from different religions, people from the LGBTQ community, people from third world countries where Christianity isn't allowed, you know, people who are atheists, all these different groups of people who have testimonies of where they were so against God, they didn't believe in God, they didn't want to follow God's word, and God gave them a revelation of who he was. The Bible talks about God reveals himself at certain times throughout our lives so that we can get to know him so that we can see his will that we can see his his wonders and his grace and his mercy he is a gracious god guys and i love him so much oh my gosh he is so gracious like i love it also only true followers of christ can enter the kingdom of heaven i want i want to reiterate that very clearly and in matthew in matthew 7 14 one second so it's pretty much um matthew 7 i want to say oh it is 13 through 14 Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the way that leads to life, and only a few find it. So again, that's Matthew seven thirteen through 14. And basically that's saying that think of the going to heaven as a very thin, thin, um thin road and going to hell a very broad road so there's many ways to go to hell there's so many ways to go to hell it's so broad you know there's no there's no filter there's no filter on what can go like anything can just go anything is accepted there's no rules or regulation there's no um confinement it's just you can go but to heaven to go to heaven there's rules there's regulations there's standards there's requirements there's certain beliefs core beliefs that you have to follow that you have to believe that you have to want to emulate and understand in order to stay on that path so you're not just so you're not falling off so you're not going astray so you're not doing your own thing Knowing Christ and having an intimate relationship with God is going to keep you on the narrow, the narrow path to enter the narrow gate. We want to see people going to heaven. We don't want to see people going to hell, being eternally separated from our Heavenly Father. So yeah, guys, that is pretty much what it means to be a believer of Jesus Christ, a follower of Jesus Christ, or a quote-unquote Christian. 
Um, But real quick, I kind of just wanted to talk a little bit about myself because I was one of those people who was in deception. You know, I grew up in the church. You know, I went to church with either my grandmother uh, on my mom's side um, and then or I went to church on my with my dad um and I always grew up you know in in the Christian faith but I didn't I didn't have a relationship with God I didn't know God for myself I didn't have any intimacy with him and now that I do I can definitely see the difference of professing to be a Christian and you know actually living out and being a follower of Jesus Christ and being a believer there's such a big difference because when I was younger yeah I grew up in the church yeah I called myself and identified myself as a Christian because you know that's the that's technically the faith that I grew up in so the morals and the standards were there but church didn't do anything for me church didn't excite me I wasn't really paying attention I wasn't really learning but in reality I kind of was because the Bible says bring up your children in the Lord so that when they're ready that they will always return to the Lord and and that's why it's important to put your, yourself and your children in in church because even though at the time they're too young and we're too young to understand you know those principles those morals those belief systems are going to be etched into our our brains and our hearts so that way when God does reveal himself to us we'll be ready to actually seek him and find him and acknowledge him and know him for ourselves through Jesus Christ and like I said probably from hmm, I would say probably from middle school to college my relationship with God was very small you know it was very limited it was very mundane it was very like there was no intimacy there was no relationship it was kind of like god i need you here i need you there you know maybe open up my bible every now and then but after certain events in my life was happening you know god started revealing himself more and more to me up to the point where i actually desired to know him desired to seek him desired to read his word desired to pray more desired um to 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 read his word and dwell with other believers it took me years to get there but because i was implanted in the faith and rooted in the faith i could now come as as an adult you know and have that intimate intimate relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And that's why it's important that we just not profess. And there's a difference between professing and being in the heart because, you know, we have to seek God for our own. We have to believe on our own that Jesus is Lord. You know, we can't believe if our parents are telling us or our grandparents are telling us or society is telling us. Or the church is telling us we have to believe on our own in our own heart because God is looking at our own heart so that's why there's a difference between just professing and oh yeah I'm a Christian because you know you know my parents grew up in the faith there's a difference between that and actually seeking God in Christ through yourself you know and really wanting to take your walk with the Lord seriously so yeah guys I hope you know, I really was able to break it down on what it means to be a follower of Christ, what it means to be a believer. 
the justification and sanctification process of, you know, the core beliefs and the requirements and the standards that God has for us so that we can first seek him and find him through Jesus Christ, but also maintain that relationship and that intimacy with him through our sanctification process. But I hope this helped y'all and y'all stay blessed and I'll talk to you the next episode. Peace out.